got up to about 10,000 feet and the back of the plane opened very noisily. Oh, and there exposed was the sky and the clouds and in the distance a bit of land. And then it was silent and it was just me and my tandem master. Welcome to Who Says You Can't, the podcast from EE that seeks out those inspiring individuals who took You Can't Do That as a challenge and found a way to do it anyway. I'm Rick Edwards and today I'm talking to someone who definitely fits that category. It's Dillis Price, or Daredevil Dillis as she's often known, for reasons that will soon become very clear. Dillis, welcome to the Who Says You Can't podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, first things first, I feel a bit underdressed, Dillis. You look incredible. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you I didn't you know we were dressing so. up. <laughs> Leather trousers. Oh, yeah, I know. I have to keep something going and I'm getting older, don't I? <laughs> they are good. You are pulling those off. They're very useful too. <laughs> How often do you wear them? Oh, a lot of times. I should really get a new pair now because they're getting a bit baggy. But, you know... They fit perfectly. Nonsense. For me, it's natural, Yes. <laughs> Um, so, Dillis, tell me, before we talk about your, your kind of later life, tell me a bit about your early life. What are you up to? You're a oh, teacher, yeah? Yeah, well, I'm a teacher and I love teaching. I'm one mm. of these people who loves teaching. Teach physical education because I'm very practical and I enjoy moving and I want other people to move. And I was trained by Laban, who was father, the father of modern dance. Right. And that was a wonderful training and background. Um, and I taught for a few years. I went and did further training, became finally a lecturer in a college of higher education. Um, so when did you start? dancing when you were very young oh yes but I didn't do any dance training and I never did ballet but I I remember you going on the beach of the gala in the rain in a cape and dancing my heart out I just enjoyed uh, moving and then when I went to Laban who was the father of modern dance he believed that everyone was beautiful if they moved from their center so I had the joy of getting young people young children teenagers dancing their hearts out and bringing their emotions to make them a really choreographed, beautiful piece of, uh, of dance and art. And so do you feel that anyone can, can dance and move oh, yes. with joy? And that's the point, really. I mean, I got involved then in going into schools, and that meant I went into special schools, and I really adapted my teaching so that if you're in a wheelchair, you could still get the joy of expression and movement, if you had sight impairment or hearing impairment. And that actually is almost my legacy, because I've now started a charity with a very unique sense programme where we use all that to get everyone to dance, even though they're the most disabled in society. It's very interesting because my my mum is a keep fit teacher. Oh, right. Um, So kind of movement with with dance. And she uh, has done quite a lot of special needs teaching and also goes into a lot of old people's homes and she yes. does uh, like seated yes. keep fit so she yes. gets people dancing from their chairs and I've been a couple of times and it, it's really wonderful. And you see certainly with dementia people with dementia I've had husbands say you brought my wife back for an hour yeah. and wife said oh you know I was with my husband we had a lovely hour together and you know the superintendent saying the anxiety has lowered after this activity. We all want to move. After all, we're all physical. We're in bodies, aren't we? And I think the practice has been in the past to ignore the body and stick with the intellect. But we do that at our peril. Mm. We need our body as well. I agree. Um, so what, what was the first moment in, in your life when someone said, you can't? Oh, when I wanted to do a skydive for charity. Um, I wanted to do it with my students. They were going to do it to raise money for our club in college, which went to the Special Olympics and did different things for children with special needs. And, of course, I was going to go with them. And people were saying, you can't go, Dillis, you're 54. 
And I thought, I must, I'm going to go. I've got to say, it's quite old to start skydiving, isn't it? It is. And, I mean, now there are plenty of 54-year-olds who start skydiving. Mm-hmm. But then it was really not really possible. But the point is, I did one. Mm. And I came down and said, sign me up. And then, if I run it forward a little bit, I actually did a skydive, fell in love with it, and wanted to go on skydiving. And then even more, there were people around me saying, you're too old, you're a woman, we don't think you'll be able to do it. If you do this, you'll kill yourself. In fact, I beat that because I actually went on doing it. But then I was going to go to America to skydive because that's the mecca of skydiving. And again, they said to me, Dillis, if you go abroad and try and skydive in America, you'll kill yourself. So I remember sitting on a hot cement step in the sun in Florida thinking, I've done a jump and I haven't killed myself and I'll now go on and do a second jump. And, of course, this is not, you know, I don't know about 100 by that time. So what gave you the conviction then to ignore these naysayers? Well, I think you have to believe in yourself. I knew myself and I knew that I was capable of tackling it. Because my suspicion is that if someone said to me, Rick, you can't skydive, I'd just go, nah, you're probably right, I'll leave it. No, no, that's a wrong reaction. Mm. You ought to say, no, no, I think I can. We should not listen to other people. Most people, unless they're really different, will bring us down a bit. It's easier to say, no, you can't. I don't think you should. Are you sure you really want to? Uh, It might not be a good idea. All those things are not good. They help us to be more fearful. Mm. How to fight prejudice straight away. Prejudice from the drop zone. Now, they were usually, of course, all military men, so they were used to military people. Mm -hmm. Added to that, I was a woman. Mm. And added to that, I was 54. So there's a lot of controversy as to whether I should be allowed to do it. But I was adamant. I had to do it. And eventually they relented. But since then, I have been banned from parachuting completely. Really? I have. When my parachute didn't open twice. And well, uh, Hang on. In the air? In the air. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd ban myself, Dennis. <laughs> but I couldn't. You see, it's amazing. I mean, I was completely, completely besotted with it. And I knew that there had been a mistake. Um, In the first time, it was my mistake. The second time, it was just one of those things that happen. And I knew I was a better skydiver for having got through it successfully. So they did ban me, and I had to go to the safety committee. And I prepared a dossier as to why it had happened. One was that I had the altimeter in the wrong place on my chest, which I couldn't see. I usually like to have two. Then the night before... They said, all right, you can come. And I gather later that the the safety officer didn't want me to skydive at all. His vote went against me. And when later on, in 2015, I got the award called the Bold and Old Award, it's an awful name, from the... From the, the it Aero, is an awful the, name, I know, <laughs> the British Aero Club of Great Britain, which is very prestigious. Uh-huh. And of the eight people who'd got it in the past, I was the first skydiver. The rest were, um, were pilots. Wow. And he came and apologised to me and he said... I was wrong, you proved me wrong. I'm glad that you didn't stop. I've, I've got to ask a, a bit more about these uh, these failed <laughs> parachute openings. How, how do you get out of that situation? Well, the first one when I was training, they couldn't give me the two altimeters. I didn't 
didn't have a wrist one, which I wanted. They only gave me the chest one, which I couldn't see from, but they didn't have a spare one. So when I went up, I couldn't actually see this one. When the instructor waved like this, that really meant you've got to pull. But I thought, I can still do it. I know I've got time. I know I can do it. But by that time, I was getting a bit low. I rushed to pull my ripcord and I missed it. And as oh, I... I feel a bit sick. <laughs> And as I finally did pull it, my reserve came out at the same time. So I did come down on two parachutes. And then when I'd really finished the training and I had my own um, equipment, I went up again quite happily. And the same thing happened. The second one opened, so I came down on two again. So my parachute not opening, I did have a safety device. We're very safety conscious in skydiving, mm. you know. They're wonderful people, the riggers. What's going through your mind, though, the first time you pull it and it doesn't open? You feel like a lion or a tiger. It's not a bad feeling. It's a good feeling. The feeling is, I've got to survive now. Right, and you do okay. the right thing. OK? Yeah. I still feel, <laughs> I still feel like I'm having palpitations. It's very, it's very strange, actually. It, it is the urge. It's what you want to do. And when I skydive, I mean, you wait until the last minute before you actually pull the parachute, because that last minute is adrenaline-full and is wonderful. And actually, you see, you know you can do it. I think very often in a sense of a dangerous situation, you do pull something out of the bag, don't mm -hmm, you? Mm -hmm. And that's part of the thrill. But I can tell you about the time that I couldn't, um, I couldn't untwist my parachute and I couldn't cut away because there were too many twists in it. I mean, I've got quite a few to tell you. <laughs> I mean, you've... How many skydives have you done now? 1,139, I think it is, without the tandems, and I'm doing tandems. Tandems now, That's and I an did my last amount. one. I did my last solo one when I was eighty-five. I've broken my ankle in three places when I was eighty-three. No fault of mine. It was a really good landing, but it was on the edge with the wind. And I knew it. I was doing it for television. I was doing it for a camera crew. So I think classic. You know, yeah, I know. Bloody telly. Isn't it classic? And I knew I was on the edge. So I came down a bit long. You know, further than I should. I heard a little click and broke my ankle in three places, but I was airlifted out with a lovely pilot helping me, filling me full of drugs when I was going, oh, oh nice. thank you very much, you know. And I'd never been in a, in a helicopter, so that was quite an experience. But the thing again there is I had emails saying from a friend to so-called friend, oh, dear, you've done it now, Dillis. And yet I went back with the help of the professionals who weren't a bit negative. The doctors, the physiotherapists, the nurses, we'll get you back to this. And I got back skydiving after that. So, so, you, so you went back to it and you feel like people have been discouraging you from doing it but been well-intentioned? Like, they're sort of trying to look after you? Is that what's happening? Well, or? maybe. But, uh, I mean, it is, I've just learnt to ignore people. Mm -hmm. You don't do things because of what people think of you, and you don't do things because of what people say to you. And people live at different levels, and a lot of people are a bit like sheep and a little bit mediocre and a little bit comfortable and a little bit not wanting to challenge themselves. Um, and I've never been like that. I believe that we should always challenge ourselves, even if it's little by little. So I don't mean to say that if you're very terrified, you jump out of an aeroplane. Do something, like I suppose I climbed a tree and tried to get a branch higher each time. But we do need to have that joy of just being alive and lively. But, yeah, you've got to ignore people. I mean, I am eccentric, um, and I have lovely friends around me who say we worry about you, Dennis. I have other people, perhaps, who underneath I wouldn't really call such good friends, who really say, oh, no. Now you've done it, Dillis. Mm. You know, 
83, you're expected to then really become a bit bedbound, to become, you know, at that age, you shouldn't get over it. I've skydived since. Not I've you, since. No, not should it be anybody. Just a little reminder that you're listening to the Who Says You Can't podcast brought to you by me, Rick Edwards, and EE with their unbeatable coverage as the UK's fastest, most reliable network. So if you're currently streaming this episode whilst relaxing up a tree in the middle of nowhere, you know who to thank. So that first time up in the plane when you were 54, what did it feel like? Oh, amazing. I'll never forget it. So... There I was, strapped to this young blonde man... Lovely. ..who has talked to me about his grandmother and also talking about poetry. And I was sitting with him in this big transport plane with about half a dozen or a dozen other skydivers in it, all chatting and talking. And I was there in the back, quietly, and this lovely man behind me was talking to me and keeping me occupied. Mm -hmm. And then we got up to about 10,000 feet and the back of the plane opened very noisily. And... There exposed was the sky and the clouds and in the distance a bit of land. And I paused. I wasn't sure. The next minute, all the skydivers went out and they were like cattle. Boom, 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 boom. And then it was silent. And it was just me and my tandem master. And we got up and he adjusted the straps and we walked towards the exit. And now I could really see the ground and the sky... And I stepped back. But, of course, they know what they're doing. And they tip you over. And I'll never forget it. As I was tipped over and I saw the fields beneath me, I remember saying to myself, what a mistake. This is death. (laughs) And then, the next moment, a fellow skydiver came up, took my hands, gave me a kiss, and we all turned around. And I again thought, I'm flying. Both, of course, were not quite correct. I was still dropping, but I felt I was flying. And then I landed. And I remember just seeing the grass and then the the daisies as you got really close. And it was a lovely, gentle landing because he was the expert. And immediately I felt two feet off the ground and I just went around in a haze and said, sign me up. That was it. I want more. I want more. And more than that, it was as if I was transformed. It was... And, of course, you see, um, Leonardo da Vinci talks about seeing the, the, the ground from the air and he says, you'll never be the same again. Once you've seen the earth from the sky, you can't wait to get back there. It's exactly that. When you persisted with the skydiving, did that open up other kind of areas? You oh, were like, you know what, I want to give yeah. this a go now. I want well, more of this adrenaline, this sweet adrenaline. Yeah. Now, I suppose I had enjoyed activities. Dancing was my thing, but I had skied. Windsurfed, I had my own windsurf. Um, not that I do these things brilliantly. I would never get into the Olympics or anywhere near that. I love movement and I do it to the best I can, but this is not the elite. So I want to encourage people to have a go at things. It doesn't matter if they're not going to be very good at it. I mean, I'd push myself with skiing. Um, I remember my instructor thinking I was the first pupil that would make him fail because I couldn't get on the button lift without falling off. The first time I tried to get on a button lift, 
I humiliated myself in front of uh, a group of about 36-year-olds yeah. <laughs> just by falling off halfway up. And, and did you, but you kept going? I kept going. You see, yeah. that's the point. I mean, he in the end had to take me on my own because he thought that he'd failed with me. I kept falling off, but I persisted. I, and then not to go into a great big sco- ski slope, but a little ski slope. Do it little by little, but don't give up. Everybody can do it. It is in your mind in a way. You just do it, just do it, just do it. But with joy, I mean, I did it because I loved it. I did then go on to other things. You see, skydiving became wonderful. And then I wanted my friends who were very disabled to be given support and help by me because I believe we should help each other. So I started a programme of sensory activity which made them happy, helped them to communicate, brought them into um, society. Now, I believe we're all in a temple and it could happen to any of us that our temple becomes... Not, not really working very well through birth, through an accident, through a stroke. So I am really, really knowing I've got to move the programme on, which brings about communication, both for the, the, the special needs, youngsters and old people and dementia, but also for the parents and the people with them. So I've just come back from Japan, where I took the programme to Japan. So, you know, I want to go back there. And I've been, went to India a few years ago and was unable to go back because of pressure of work. So I want to go around the world taking this programme. And that I couldn't have done without skydiving, because skydiving gave me the courage to run a business which was going to fail and which wasn't going to be popular and which we did have great difficulties. But if I can jump out of an aeroplane, I said to myself, I can do anything. And would you describe yourself as an adrenaline junkie? Yes, I'm definitely an adrenaline junkie. (laughs) Uh, And are there any other uh, sort of adrenaline activities that you've looked at? Because I've seen people do base jumping. Yeah. And, and wonder what that would be like. Well, I'd love to do a base jump. In fact, I've been invited to be part of a film where they do a base jump, but they're not asking me to do the base jump, but to oh. be part of it. Um, I've done an app sale in the last week or two. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was off the Newport Transporter Bridge, mm-hmm. which when I saw it, I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm not sure about this because it's just empty. You just fall into space. But the point is, there are people who will help you. There are people who are um, enthusiastic advocates. They'll help. Now, from them, in skydiving, upsailing, anything else, I've had only encouragement. Um, So you've got to find, find the right group, people who are not sheep and who don't want to be a sheep. What am I going to do next? I wouldn't mind wing walking. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's on the bucket list, a bit of a wing walk. You see... On one of the old biplanes? Yes. Mm. I mean, the point is... I'm quite tempted by that. That There we are. Shall we do it together? Yeah, why not? (laughs) It's a good photo opportunity, isn't it? Wouldn't it? I'd like to do abseiling around the world. Wouldn't that be a fun thing to do? Very fun. I mean, if I could get a sponsor to do that with me, and I think it should be realistic, because that would be a great example. It would be fun. I mean, actually, I now know that my skill is not as good as it should be for solo skydiving. The last skydive I did when I was 85, I realised when I was doing a sequence up in the air that I didn't have the skills. And actually, I was spinning. Right. I was spinning so hard. Now, you can spin. We all know how to get out of a spin. But I tried to get out of it, and I couldn't. And I began to shout to myself loudly, as I can remember it now, Dillis, stop it now! And I was still spinning. And at that point, I turned over, because I was actually looking at the sky, and I turned over and saw the ground. I was still spinning, but it began to slow down. And then I had to make sure it stopped before I pulled my parachute. Otherwise, I'd have had 
a, a lot of um, twists. And it did stop, and I pulled, and I came down. I thought, Dillis, you're no longer safe. You no longer have the skills. You must stop. So did you know at that point up in the sky that that, was your, that would be your last jump? I didn't know. I had no time to think of it in the sky. In the sky, I was just... Saving my Focused life. Focused on stopping spinning. <laughs> Just saving my life, you know, mm. literally, you know. I knew I knew that I could go in. You know, I, I knew I could be dead any moment. Uh, and then when I got down, I took a deep breath and thought, mm, you know, I, I have also got to be true. So I'm looking for activities which give me that thrill, that adrenaline buzz, but in fact are safe because there are experts who are making sure you're safe. You do find that, that specialists, the experts, are on the whole wonderful. Now, I used to turn up in the drop zone. I got the award as the oldest woman skydiver in the world, the Guinness Book of Records, when I was 80. And then for five more years, I was still doing it. And the lovely staff in the drop zone would welcome me. And they told me afterwards, they always knew I was safe. I would always work out how the wind was and I would do it properly. So they were encouraging, but it's the people who don't do it who are the worst critics and say, don't be silly, you'll kill yourself. And and do you feel like you have a kind of responsibility to show other older people Mm. what's possible? Oh, yes. Not only older people, but younger people. I mean, older people definitely. And I run a group now of older people and one of the things I want to do is to encourage them to realise that they can be useful, that they are useful, they can still be positive until the end of their lives by being useful, even if it's only a smile. But also, I've got a real mission with school children, with younger people, because I need them to learn to be resilient. That resiliency will keep them going. It's the one thing we need. If they can become resilient and learn to push themselves, to challenge themselves, to be brave, to um, not to be afraid. And so you're trying to foster a kind of adventurous spirit in everyone. Adventurous spirit and also another thing. I believe now we've got two instincts. One is for survival, and that means doing something like skiing, going and going and pushing yourself, but also for service. So I also believe that we need to help others who are less able than us. And that gives us a good life. Then we get a life of true well-being. So that's my mission as well. And that will be a win-win situation, which I think is what we're doing here today. Look after ourselves, look after each other. Yes. And actually, maybe we've got to get that message. There are lots of ignorant people who have fallen, I'm afraid, into greediness and are only thinking about them and their lives. And we've got to try and educate them to realise that that isn't the best way to live. And they can actually have a much better a sense of joy and well-being see joyful people are generous people i mean that's the point so we have a lot of miserable people who want to be happy so they're buying the next yacht and the the third plane or something but really if they could just work on loving themselves a bit more and being really joyful and joyful not in the anal way of buying all these things but yeah. perhaps of doing an activity and um, gaining mastery over themselves or dancing or being physical because to be physical is very important they would then become joyful and that joyful will spill out to other people uh, and is there anything that you've learned in the last say 30 years of your life that you wish you could tell your younger self like well, when you were that nervous, timid little girl? I think I was very lucky. In that I was brought up with the true values, not to be afraid, um, to care for yourself and to care for each other. Maybe I would perhaps um, 
No, I don't think I would change anything. I mean, life is never going to be perfect. Perhaps recognise that life is up and down and to go for it. I mean, I have this saying to myself, Dillis, if you fall off your bike, get back on and do wheelies. And I think I would actually reinforce that to my younger self and I learned it um, slowly. <laughs> it's a really good tagline. It is, <laughs> I like it. it. Um, so I suppose that the message is push yourself, be bold, dream, mm. but also... Stop when you've got to stop. Yes, that's right. And use the experts to encourage you. I mean, that's the, the real experts are so encouraging. I find that, you know, with the skydiving, no one says, oh, you know, you're not very good or I can do this better. Very quietly, they're looking after you and helping you, helping you. It's wonderful. I think that's probably in all the sports we'd find it, you know. Wonderful way to be part of. So any young person, just join a club. And just become part of it. Show that you've got a passion. Yes, show that you're passion. Be involved. Uh, be humble, so that you know you 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 know that you've got to listen um, to other people and that take the discipline. But the rewards are wonderful. When someone eventually breaks your record and becomes the new oldest skydiver yes. ever, yes. will you be happy or sad? Sad. <laughs> I will. So be still sad. yours. I will. Still be sad. yours for yeah. now. <laughs> Cling on to that. <laughs> uh, and are you still dancing? Yes, a little bit, but I mean, in a way that's, you know, from the outside, quite, sure. quite ordinary. But yes, I still dance. Dillis, thank you so much for coming in and talking to us. Thank you, really. Incredibly inspiring. It. Well, I've enjoyed it. Thank you for giving me time and for encouraging me to say from my soul. Thank you. Absolute pleasure. And let's get this wing walk booked in. <laughs> yes. I'll be scared. <laughs> I'll be terrified. No, You're going to have to hold my hand. We'll Give me a kiss. <laughs> We'll check if it's safe, OK? Yes, yeah. yes, we will. And then certainly you can give me a kiss at the end. <laughs> Lovely. It's a deal. You've been listening to Who Says You Can't, a podcast from EE, the UK's best network for the fifth year running. If you've enjoyed hearing from Dillis, don't forget to leave us a glowing review, share it with anyone you want to inspire, or just stream the next episode if you like. Until next time, goodbye.